When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Turnbuckles. I'm John Reinman, and I walked out of a Red Sox game right before Movon hit the longest home run ever in Baltimore. I'm Tommy Rico, and I walked out on a set at a comedy club that went so badly, I walked off the stage, into the kitchen, through the back hallway, out the front door, and walked all the way home. I'm Julie Harrison Harney, and I once walked out of the WWE writer's room, only because there was free Degeneration X merch in the kitchen. Oh, he almost had something there. Well, anyway, we're walking into the Raw Recap. Raw Recap. All right, so let's let's go right there. People walking out. Uh, we are coming to you two days after Sasha and Naomi Gate. Where, for people just joining us, Sasha Banks and uh, Naomi, uh, two very uh, high up WWE superstars, yeah. uh, walked out for real on Monday Night Raw. And it's not clear if they and that's quit, con- quit. Is that confirmed? Just... Everything I don't think I've seen any... is that it's confirmed. Yeah. I don't think anything's confirmed. I mean, this has been the busiest 48 hours of the dirt sheets I think I've ever seen. I mean, everybody is throwing in their two cents and their takes. And the only thing that we have that's concrete as far as a statement is what WWE issued uh, via their social media. And what they said on Raw. Mm-hmm. Everything else is speculation. Corey Graves Everything else yes. was very adamant about talking about them leaving. But we all know there's a voice in Corey Graves' ear who's saying, say it, say it. Well, well which, which we should address it. This could all be a work. It's and not a work. Why, I don't what, know. Good, what good would it do you? Why is it good? I'm just going to come out and say it. And it's not my place to say it. But... I don't care. That's what podcasts are for. Ruining your life. Um, why would you have two black women and put them in this situation as having a problem with your company? And I'm not saying that's the problem. No one has said that's the problem. But from an, uh, an optic standpoint in the wrestling world, which has an unfortunately a not so great history in that area, why would you take two of your top female stars who happen to be black happen to be champions and make them part of what's not coming across as a fun storyline. So why that's why I don't think it's work. I think, I think there's legit, there's a legit problem. Well, and w- the optics are so bad. That's why I think it might be a work. They might be doing something. I mean, Sasha and, and I'm going to say this as a complete unabashed Sasha Banks fan. Um, Sasha is a huge star that has been on the tag circuit. Now, Naomi is, is definitely also a star, but she's been kind of under underutilized over the years. Mm. And this is the biggest thing that she's done as far as, as far as in the business. I think her tag team with Sasha right now is probably the biggest thing that she's done, even though she's been a women's champion before, but the optics of this are so terrible that it, and there's certain little things that have been said and done that have led me to believe that it might be a weird working situation. They might be using this. It's there are too many little things that lead me to believe that it's, it's a worked shoot. 
there's something going on that is beyond just how it's being reported. And, and here's another thing. We're hearing a lot of sources say, all right, like I said, the only true thing that we have, the only, pot, the only thing that we have that is tangible is WWE's statement and what was said on Monday Night Raw. Everything else is speculation, and the bad takes are absolutely disgusting. First of yeah. all, the one thing I am not going to do is I am not going to tell two black women who scratched and clawed and, and climbed over broken glass to get where they are. I'm not going to fucking tell them how to, how to run their careers, or I'm not going to speculate on their work ethic. It's just the stuff I'm reading is so ridiculous. Well, and where gross. have you been seeing? Where, where though? Be clear. Twi- be it's clear mostly saying, it's wh- mostly Twitter, but it's if you okay, look at so any of the comment sections of any though. of the dirt sheets. Yeah, no, no, it's people speculating. It's not. No one's putting out. To be clear, no one's putting yeah. out statements from WWE. No, questioning their work ethic or their care. They're just saying there was a disagreement. It is very weird to me that WWE put out a statement. That is odd. I was I remember when I saw one of the the dirt sheets release the statement and then the New York Post picked it up and I was like, there's no way this is real. Like this is the way it was. New York written. Post had it like right away. Right away. During the show. Yes. Right? And I was yeah. like, I was like, this well, feels weird. This feels this this WWE doesn't comment on things. But then they put it out on their Post Instagram. Is you go to, though. New York Post is the leaker's best friend. I, I just I was three different places I've worked. It's like it's like it's always the post. If someone has a problem, it's like you get out of that staff meeting and five minutes later well because they're, 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 they're a tabloid they, had, they don't have they don't have any ethics they're gonna yeah, print whatever had, whatever's had, gonna get clicks we had a writer's meeting one time where they assigned everybody broke everybody up and had team raw team smackdown team nxt and uh within under 10 minutes and this is one of the this is one of the things that happened where i was like i don't know about this because to me it's like as a writer if i'm gonna be a writer i'm just gonna write and if, if it's another role, that's a whole different other thing. And as a, I don't, so I don't love current writers showing up in rumors and stuff. I don't think that's right. I don't think that's star of the show. I don't think it's fair to the writers and the performers. And one of the things that made me about halfway through my run there, which was again, to be clear, brief, so I don't get any more uh, heat from people. I, it's not, on a serious personal note, please not this week. Uh, that's why I'm being very diplomatic here. But um, one of the things that made me start to get edgy about that job was uh, a good friend of mine there got really kind of thrown under the bus it, within minutes of us having the staff meeting and some really nasty stuff leaked out about him. And uh, I was just like, I don't think so. I don't want to do this. I, I, I was just coming from a place like that. Didn't want more of it. Oh, yeah. Um, so it doesn't bad. surprise me that the New York Post grabbed onto that during the show. That's why I think it is from WWE. I don't know that it was an official statement, but I think someone affiliated with WWE or, as I said to you guys earlier, USA Network. Because we know USA mm-hmm. has, um, I have to choose my words uh, wisely here, um, been on WWE for the past year or so, ever since the, the Peacock uh, deal, about a billion dollars. So that's understandable. Um, but they've been, and we know this and, um, it's been rumored and I can confirm that, uh, people as high as Stephanie McMahon gets on almost every week, uh, with, uh, USA. That was not the case when we were there, Julie, there were liaisons that were kind of from the writing team. Sometimes Paul Heyman would get on, but Stephanie McMahon has been going in, uh, Hunter's been going on and working with USA. And we know that, uh, USA has been adamant about improving the product. Now. Here's my thing. I think Raw's been great. 
as of late. I think Raw for the first time in years. So <laughs> sorry to Jim Cornette and Vince Russo, who, um, whether you realize it or not, you, you, you're, you're saying the same things, even though you're, and I know you're listening. Heyman might be listening. You know that. But um, I think Raw's been pretty good, but I think USA is still on him because it's a billion dollars. And I feel like that was a, um, either USA said, we're, tell us the basics and we're going to talk about this or uh, someone in, in WWE and we won't throw any names around, but you know, we've talked about it off air. Some people we know may have been told you got to put something out and we want but this language. This industry for females is already so incredibly difficult. So when WWE puts out a statement that subtly pits women against each other, I can't really see Sasha and Naomi saying that's the reason they walked out to be perfectly well, honest. Here's what I'll say. And Maybe I'll get this. This is true, though, is that it's interesting that the expression didn't feel safe working with other superstars was brought up because the knock, the only knock on Sasha. And again, this was always third hand, but I was there in the room when um, a writer higher up than I reported to um, our head writer that uh, there was another female superstar still with the company, still pretty high up on the ladder. Uh, who didn't feel safe working with Sasha and was under the impression that when she was in the ring with Sasha, uh, she felt like Sasha and another female superstar were, were shooting on her, meaning they were really beating her up. And so that was the thing to the point where they stopped working together. That was the solution um, was that we were able to pivot earlier, earlier, but I was remember being shocked hearing that. Cause again, Sasha Banks always seemed, Nice. But again, sometimes we don't know, but, but the other person seemed very nice too and had been through a lot. So, um, but here's the other thing I'll say is that like, just I'm being completely honest. When I look at the WWE television structure and corporate structure, and I look at who was named in that. Now, if that's John Laurinaitis leaking that out, Johnny's not going to put his name in there. He's going to leave himself out of the story no leaker puts their own name in the thing. Like that's just, come on. So like <laughs> there was Mark felt wasn't running around during Watergate going, do you guys read the paper? Good reference for all you wrestling fans out there. But anyway, um, so I don't think it was John. So if I look at the structure of the TV and creative and corporate, if I were to guess the top two guesses I'd have happened to be women in the company. And, uh, it was where there were a couple turns of phrase in there from reading other releases and stuff where I was like, that seems like someone it doesn't read like anyone who's because I, I have this weird thing where I can just memorize people's way of writing and there's no one that didn't, I didn't recognize that. Like I've, I've seen some leaks as we all have in the dirt sheets uh, from including one that came from someone I'm fairly certain who, uh, disowns and swears off the dirt sheets. That was very clearly from this person, from a couple turns of phrase that I'd seen in print and that I had heard in the room. And uh, this did not read as any of those people. And this read as a very corporate, uh, networky sort of thing. And it, it, in other words, what I'm saying is, I don't think it was Bruce, and I don't think it was Laurenitis, and we know it wouldn't have been Vince. Vince is running the show. Well, so. I want to clarify something from earlier, but you mentioned turn of phrase. I want to bring that up. But when I mentioned earlier that I think it's a work, I think that's speculation on my part. It's my opinion, but I absolutely do not want to put it out there 
that I don't believe these women, that I don't believe that this situation is plausible because it absolutely is. Yeah, of course. My hope is that something like this situation happened backstage and someone said, let's use this and turned it into something because there's so many different little pieces of this that make me feel like there's some work in there. I don't think it's 100% work and I don't think it's 100% shoot. I think it's somewhere in the middle. I think there was probably a backstage fight. There was there was some kind of disagreement. And I think, first of all, all right, we talked about Corey Graves calling them unprofessional on air. There's no way that was definitely fed to him, but that sounded very storyline. Like Corey Graves is not going to shoot that line. He's it's also that's, very that's tame part of work. Can, yeah. for that kind of situation. Well, and also and that so Becky, from, and that would come from someone who hopes they can work things out. And who do we know in this world that always hopes you can do business and work things out more than anyone in the world? Right. Well, Becky Vince Lynch Mc, backstage. Man, that's the thing people don't realize is that everyone's got this thing that he's Mr. Burns. But it's like, you know, Julie, I mean, you can agree. I've never seen someone who really does maybe doesn't, you know, always go about it the way the other person would want to. But in his heart of hearts, he does seem like someone who, if he likes you enough and cares enough, he wants to make it work. He I agree. wants to find some common ground. Well, I and think it's he very, listens. And that's why he's very not Hollywood. Yeah, so he's more like, let's, hey, we're this is a business. We work together. Let's work it out. And so unprofessional, that sounds like a Vince word. Yeah. That he's like kind of a scolding, and I'm going to give him a call on Wednesday, and we'll turn this in. But I, Tom, I think you're on to something. I think it was a real thing. And some of the, from what I've read today, and again, it's just the same dirt sheet. It just seemed like a lot of back and forth of going back and forth. And this person said this, and Vince said this, and this person said, that, and man, we've all been there. Anytime you're in a situation, gosh, I mean, like, um, you know, Julie and I from working in the world of late night and, you know, especially towards the end of my run, I mean, that was all it was, was just going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And eventually you just, you just hit a point and you're like, first of all, like less and less is getting done. And just like, man, I'm, you know, my head's about to fall off. And so someone's going to snap and say, all right, and when I say snap, I mean, just walk away. That's that's a millennial version of snap. That's it. My feelings are hurt. Oh, my God. Uh, well, but like it's going to happen. But I do. I think you're on to something that Vince probably having a good relationship with Sasha and probably said, yeah, I'll fix this shit and probably just, yeah, let's have some fun with it. Now, what happens if it what happens if they don't come back, though? That's the problem. Then it doesn't uh, and, 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 and John Laurinaitis the becomes the uh, WWE Women's Tag Team Champion. Yeah. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> that was on Twitter. I can't take credit for that. That was on Twitter, and that made me laugh. John Laurinaitis, something else, and I was going to go, yeah, maybe. Well, if, a couple uh, things I want to point out real quick is that so we were talking earlier, and both of you guys spent time working for WWE. One thing I find really interesting that you've both mentioned is that Vince's role in the the story that's been told seems consistent with Vince McMahon, the owner and, and the CEO. So the fact that he seemed like he was the person that was the voice of reason, that he was the person that was kind of in charge. And then all of a sudden something happened underneath him, then that seemed very plausible, but also, so we were talking earlier about the the turns of phrase that were used. Becky Lynch backstage with, with uh, Adam Pierce in a promo uh, mentioned this exit mentioned that Naomi and Sasha were, and they, it seemed kind of rushed too. Right. And earlier in said, the show too, yes. they took, they took their bags and left. That's mm. very specific language that was then later restated both in WWE statements and a few other times. So I found that interesting. And also 
just a, I, again, this might just be that they couldn't stop the ads from running, but it also might be a sign that this is a work. There were two promos for the series on uh, Peacock WWE Evil featuring Sasha Banks. Mm. That commercial ran twice during <laughs> Raw. With yeah. Sasha, very that's prominently where Vince, positioned. That's where Vince and Bruce, Vince, you know, Bruce, gave, Bruce Pritchard gave me, I think I've said this before, uh, when I was leaving, some of the best advice I've ever gotten, which was take control of the moment and make it work for you. And um, that's his way of thinking is just, um, you know, well, goddamn, never going to be more evil than right now. Can we run that ad twice? <laughs> I mean, you know, for real. Yep. And uh, I, 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 here's my thing is that, um, I, you know, if it, if there is some kind of work going on here, I don't, even if they come back it, to me, it's like, this has already happened with Zelina Vega. And again, another female superstar, which you brought up, you know, we've mm-hmm. talked about this off air and, uh, Zelina sent out a tweet that was seen as controversial by WWE is about unionizing. Um, I think it's cause she had, she knew she was about to leave. It was over her, uh, her Twitch account. Right. And Twitter. Her, her, oh, Twitter, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then also the right, TikTok. But her Twitch account was things. a big moneymaker for her. I mean, she, yeah. and, and well, she WWE, had it independent of WWE. Yeah. WWE said you can't monetize on, or you have to, some, there was some weird thing where she was monetizing on Twitch, and then all of a sudden WWE was like, you can't use your and something so there. So Zelina was let go. And then it somehow Andrew Yang got involved. Remember that guy? The guy that goes into the <laughs> bodega goes, I like going shopping here at a New York bodega. And it's like 7-Eleven or something. He's the mayor but, of New York now, right? Oh, yeah. No, no. he's not. Never mind. Well, no, it's the mayor swagger is the mayor of New York. He's fixing everything. Um, not an improvement. <laughs> has there ever been a good one? I don't know. They'll say that for our mayor podcast. But um, <laughs> I will say that um, it was ugly. And it was not good PR, and um, it was a rough time. And I was shocked. I was really surprised that Zelina came back. But again, not really, because that's Vince's way. Is just like, can we work it out? But it was ugly, and I think this is already ugly and weird. If it is some kind of work, I don't think it's going well. And I'll just cite, you know, a lot of our listeners are uh, of the millennial generation. So the first thing you think of whenever something like this happens is, of course, the Montreal screw job uh, involving Bret Hart. And Julie, I don't know if how much you guys talked about this when you were there. Um, I mean, I talked about was... it, that in film school. I didn't talk about it at WWE, oh. but at film school, we studied that wow. in film school. Interesting. Yep. I never brought that. I've talked about it before. I, in my classes, I taught, we've, we did the Firefly Funhouse match and, and the Boneyard match. Yeah. Well, and so, also 20 years later, we're still talking about yes. how much of it 25. was work, yep. how much of it was shoot. Sure. We still don't know. There's, well, it, there's so many different moving parts to it that none of us will ever know. I'll so say I feel this, like in this the piece, office, this it was is always like a running joke, you know, the Koskis of the world, just to be a smart ass, would kind of drop that it was a work or something, you know, just to, you know, and then kind of just give us a, you know, like, no, just kidding or whatever. But like, I don't know that, but the late Scott Hall in the Dark Side of the Ring episode on the Montreal Screwjob, in the very closing credits, um, made a really compelling case for why he thought it was a work. Both guys made, to make, make both guys money, why was there a film crew allowed there? to document Bret Hart. When is that ever allowed an outside film crew in the history of WWF, WWE? Uh, the fact that Vince got punched and couldn't walk, but then he ripped both quads and walks back up the ramp. According to Bruce and other, other people that were there, doesn't sell that. So I, my thing on the Montreal screw job is I think 
yeah, we'll never quite know. It's the Kennedy assassination of wrestling. Everyone has a theory. The one thing I think we all know is that someone forgot to tell Earl, <laughs> Earl Hebner, the referee, <laughs> that much is for certain. And if you saw him and how nervous he was in that documentary and how glad he was when it was over, and I think he hugged Evan and Jason, just like he was really, <laughs> he was like, I thought you guys were bringing me here to kill me. Like, really, that's how he lives his life. I, I think Earl was left out of it. So he was like the groundskeeper Willie of that Simpsons episode. And, um, but yeah, there are certain things with Brett and Vince where you look at it 25 years later in the, the Zapruder film, if you, if you will, and you go, Hmm, that seems like he's acting there or why did Vince stand right there and take it? Um, but we can all agree. Yeah, it was, it's a historic moment. Some people love it, but no one came out of that looking great. Mm. Like there was no one out of the Montreal screw dab that was like, I have so much more respect for Vince for or I have so much more respect for Brett. No one looked good. And it, they had a, they almost burned down the arena and man, you know, as we talked about with Sean Grandy back in the archives, thank God Mick Foley won that title and put some butts in the seats because they still didn't win after the Montreal screw job. It still took them quite some time to come back and beat nitro. And so my point is that if this is a shoot and a shoot goes wrong, you know, it's the it's the drunk wedding toast. It's oh we're gonna have a fun time, say whatever you want until you go too far, and then it's oh god, now this is the toothpaste is out of the tube. Well, Julie, last night while your apartment was flooding and you were building a canoe, we sure. were texting back and forth. <laughs> That's about a shoot. um yeah that that is definitely a shoot. Unfortunately, I uh, hope hope you're not underwater anymore. Good. But we were talking about um, Alundra Blaze Medusa. Where And again, this is another thing that makes me believe there's some work in there. So Sasha and Naomi, we're supposed to believe that they went into the office and dropped off their title belts. They said belt in the statement, Julie. That was the thing you brought up. And lowercase b, too. Yeah. So we all know that that Mm. Vince McMahon is extremely sensitive over... Was the there custodian, did anyone check the, overnight? The custodian? Was there a patent registered for belt lowercase b? Because <laughs> if you can check these things, and if there was, ah, gotcha. <laughs> even even though the company Erica's claims like, oh, the titles don't mean anything, they definitely do to the company as far as who's the custodian of said belts. And so Janitor when uh, Alundra Blaze was leaving WWF at the time uh, and going over to WCW, she went over there to become Medusa, still had her women's championship belt, and on live television, tossed it in the trash to announce her career at WCW. And, and so since then, I think there's been an... And that, that was pre-Screwjob. Mm. So I think that's, why, that, that's yeah. what put some extra mustard on the Screwjob, was that they, Vince didn't want to see that again. Brent's not going to go to Nitro. <sighs> no, I, he wasn't going to do it, but that, whole, that's I'm neither sorry, here nor it's there. Like, I'm like everyone else from that era that if I ever found out that was a big work, it, it's my Santa Claus at this point. And the more I think yeah. about the Montreal screw job, the, the less I think about it. I don't know if that makes sense, but the, like, I don't watch stuff on it anymore. I don't read about it. Cause I'm like Ger- Gerald Briscoe. And so Conrad Thompson. And if anyone has it, who's, who's the pod father, who's just the, the gold standard for wrestling podcasts, um, talked to Gerald Briscoe, uh, at length this past winter for about half an hour. And, um, Either Gerald can really work, but he seemed convincing. And that I felt bad for Gerald Briscoe. I'd, I've never met Gerald. I only got to meet Pat a couple of times, um, but um, Pat Patterson, but uh, Briscoe, it was traumatic. You could tell he was talking about a traumatic work thing. But again, everyone doesn't have to be in on it. 
for it to be an effective work shoot. And the more, every time I, that Scott Hall's words echo in my head, every time I see something where I'm like, gosh, there's a lot of, a lot of cracks in this wall. And, um, you know, I guess we'll wait and see. Maybe by the time this is out, they all go surprised. But to me, this is, this is a prank and this is an Andy Kaufman has gone too many matches with Jerry Lawler work at this point where I'm like, you're starting to get go away. Like this, this isn't fun. You get voted well, off Saturday night live basically. And so, I think it's fair to point out everybody on our team. We all want them back. We don't want them at another company. We don't want for, them gone from wrestling. They're a great team. They're both great individual wrestlers. And I mean, Sasha is a superstar and I, and really part of the revolution. I, I always point Boston back zone, to, by the way, Boston zone. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, she was part of the second women's revolution because the first women's revolution was Lita, Trish Stratus, oh, sure. and uh, Lisa Verone, who was, um, she was Tara in Impact. And then she, uh, she was, um, ah, what was her character's name? Victoria. Yes. Those three, they revolutionized women's wrestling in the early 2000s, and they ushered this era. And I don't think anybody would argue the women's roster is stronger than the men's roster at this point. I think two of the top five stars in the company are Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch without question. And I think there's a handful of others knocking on the Oscar. door of the top five. I, we'll, we'll talk about her later. She had a, 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 Don't you the departure of Sasha and Naomi paved the way oh, for a really gosh. great main event. You know what they've been teasing? <laughs> and it was Heyman that kind of mentioned it again recently. I think it was or his, somehow he retweeted somebody or something or the words came out there's been some talk about because i know we know we don't like to do this we talked about this last week about who's married to who who cares but um naomi spouse of one of the usos and there's been some talk about is naomi gonna join the bloodline and a unique issue is roman reigns has been quite openly breaking character on live events and acting like a baby face and thanking people for coming out to see him. And we don't know. And we know that it's been kind of loosely confirmed that Roma's taking some time off. So now I'm starting to wonder if this is how you get, because remember with DX with Shawn Michaels and China and, and triple H, Shawn had to go away for a while. And then they had to add new members to make it DX again. Does Naomi, do they join the bloodline and be with the Usos because Roman has to take off and does Paul manage Hmm. There's so many elements to, to this that feel so worky, but again, yeah. it's, it's so charged in so many, on so many different levels. There's so much that could go wrong, but I really, I hope this is a teachable moment for everyone. I hope they're back. I hope they make something interesting of this. I don't think they're gone forever. I, I think that again, I think there's truth and I think there's work in this thing and I'm interested to see where it goes. But well, uh, you mentioned, you mentioned Roman Reigns now, uh, with a tweaked contract. Again, I was talking about idiot online behavior from wrestling fans. Don't be that fan. So Roman Reigns now has a contract where he is working quote unquote fewer dates, which means he'll be working probably 110 hours a week instead of 150 hours a week. Don't talk about people's work ethic that you know nothing of. Don't talk about people's schedules that you don't, that you don't know anything of. Yeah. Don't fall into that trap where you see someone successful and you want to hate on them, whether you do or not, 
just stop falling into that trap where you got to comment. You got to say something. You got you got to make that uh, speculation on somebody's work ethic or someone's attitude. Fuck you. Just watch wrestling. Enjoy it. Cheer for who you want to cheer for. Hate who you want to hate. But to go online and to 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 talk about someone's career that you have absolutely no clue what they've put into it. Just cut the shit. It really, really bothers me. Maybe it's AEW bots. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's the button on the segment right there. <laughs> Woo! Yes, Tony. Tony got together with Zelensky. You're sorry and said, for getting the laugh of the show. You. Thank you. I heard Putin's out to get me. All right, no more politics. Let's move on. The first match Monday Night Raw is a steel cage match. Mm. Bobby Lashley versus Omas. Um, and they start with this. They come right out of the gate and the psychology, cause right away I was like, you're going to open with your, your, your attraction, your big match, but later to match, they tease in hell in a cell match. So that's why we have the steel cage match first, because you don't want to have a steel cage match come after the tease of a hell in a cell. Uh, so we open with the steel cage match. Well, Fun before match. the match though, another five star video production from the WWE team. They, that's like a breaking bad Better Call Saul level re- video recap oh, yeah. showing you what's happened to this point. Because let's let's face it, the matches have been kind of gruesome up to this point, but they made it look like I, by the end of the package, I'm like, I want to see this match. Like I was yeah, really so fired bad. up. I, they re- they made that match compelling, and they did so much to protect both guys. I loved it. It was a great hot open. Yeah, okay, but here's my thing. So I don't, I don't want to spoil too much of the match, but people by now know probably the finish. If you've seen it online, is the big strong guy throws the other not quite a strong guy. It's too hard, and he goes through the cage, and that's how he wins. And... Uh, did you see it coming, both of you? Yes! You did. Any, okay. any, any cage match, because I go back to the St. Valentine's Day Massacre in 1999 when Paul White, a.k.a. The Big Show, debuted by coming from underneath the ring um, and picking up Stone Cold Steve Austin, who was wrestling Vince McMahon, and throwing Stone Cold so hard, Stone Cold went through the cage and then hung on and then fell to both feet hit the ground and won. And it's in black and white on YouTube because it's got a lot of color. That's blood, everybody. And um, so to me, that's just like, anytime I see two monsters in the ring, I'm like, oh, okay, so what do we tease? How do we tease that someone's going to throw someone through? And how do they come back into the ring? And then when Bobby just got up and was one, I was like, what? I saw a movie. There was, there, there was, I'm not going to, I won't spoil any, but the movie Shutter Island, if anyone's seen the movie Shutter Island, and I can always tell when they have, cause I go, oh God, it was that kind of ending where I was like, really? I was like, we just had this masterpiece and ah, uh, this is the finish. Did you like it to that point though? Yeah, but again, I, don't I see. I thought they here. had a lot of don't variety get in, my head in that with match. Your, don't get him in my simplify things and make me like it. No, I'm not going <laughs> to fall for that. I'm not in the mood. Uh, to me, it was it, the ending. To me, it was just like, I guess if it gets us to, but again, you're already going hell in a cell somewhere else, so you're not going to do it with these guys. And so it was just like, um, my first thought was, was, was Michael Hayes there or not that week? Because if I found out Michael Hayes was not there, I'd go, oh, you know. And he was selling up a disagreement. Super How do we get these two? We already know there was a lot of chaos all day. And so maybe it was just like, well, okay, what's our, what's our go-to closer? Like in standup, what's something we know is going to get the thing. And 
okay, at least half this crowd's kids, they're going to pop for it. And that's what it sounded like. If you go back and listen to the audio of the match, finished, it sounds like a lot of, a lot of kids cheering and everyone else going, this? And I was one of the this people. All right. Well, I don't, here's the thing about Omos, and this is not a knock on Omos at all. He, you have to treat him kind of like Andre the Giant towards the middle and end of his career. He's very limited in the spots that he can do, so you have to protect him. And I thought they did a really good job of protecting him in this match with MVP interference, and you got Cedric Alexander taking crazy bumps. They did a really nice job of making, they, they threw a lot of variety at you. There was a lot of, there was a lot of gaga, the, uh, you know, the, the, the classic line. There was a lot of things to disguise that the match wasn't going to be a technical classic. Here's the thing about Omos. He's a really entertaining guy. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen any interviews with him. He's yeah. fun. He's, oh, we he's got pitching. a great personality. Yeah, we were excited. I was there when, we thought, when uh, WWE signed him and we were all like, I mean, we knew it was good. <laughs> we knew most of us probably wouldn't still be around by the time we made the roster. Um, I, I, but, I um, really like Omos, the person. And they have, to t- they have to try to integrate that in because as far as his in-ring work, he's never going to be a technician. But he can be a great sports entertainer as long as they disguise his weaknesses. And I thought they did a real, this is the best Omos match I had seen to this point. I don't care that he can like vertical suplex a guy that's 350 pounds. That's not as impressive as can he have an entertaining match with his limitations? And I thought he could. I thought that well, was, was something. The only thing was... that he missed at the end was when he threw Lashley through yeah. the, uh, the cage Lashley didn't immediate touch immediately touch the floor. Yes. And Omos should have shown some Thank panic you. and tried to Thank run you. for the okay, ring. That was my only yeah. problem with it. So I am with, I am with you, Tom, that I actually, I enjoyed the match. I enjoyed everything about it. I thought it was really interesting. The finish though, I, I feel like in watching other sports, this is sports entertainment and watching other sports, you have a lot of people who are very quick about knowing the rules of the game. And you, you know, when you're catching, uh, the ball in football, you have to make sure both feet are inside the line, you know, the, the lines. And you're very quick about your placement. And I'm really surprised that Omos or MVP didn't know MVP that he should have jumped out yeah. and started going. Like, there was no, he it was just confusion. Spot. And he it was like, MVP, did. yell at him to get out of the ring now and, and go touch the floor. That was my there was, problem. There was a, yeah, you're right. And if you watch, the, it was a MVP did do it, but it was like. Two beats too late. It should it have been like, bigger. We had already seen this is the trick exposed, and it was like, oh no, no yeah. And so he, so it feet. was. Lashley should have scrambled over to do it. Like they both. And I thought Lashley was going to get up and go. No, I'm not going to win this way. Oh, interesting. And then I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then and then he was just like, nah, just kidding. And I was like, Ugh. anyway, <laughs> I, th- I think Lashley it. was supposed to fall all the way out and didn't. And oh. Again, that threw everything off. I love Bobby Lashley. Lashley was still selling that he got thrown through the cage Mm. and Mm. he was laying on the fence. So he's, he's on the chain link and not on the floor. So they can't, they can't ring the bell until he hits the floor. So you think he should have gone to the the floor. Yeah. Well, I, but I, I, again, he was caught in that he didn't roll all the way out physically. So he's still laying on it and he's selling the injury. So it's like, it was just a comedy of errors. It was just a bunch of things that went wrong. That's not everyone going to WWE's YouTube channel. They have the finish up there. Tell us what you think. Yes, Um, please send uh, us an email. Turnbucklespod at gmail.com. Tell us, tell us your theories. Turnbucklespod at gmail.com. Let us know what what you thought of that match. This episode is sponsored by every plate. Dinner is unavoidable in that it's something we plan around almost every day. 
When you think about the time that goes into deciding what to eat, shopping, prepping, and cooking dinner, it can really add up. And sure, alternatives like takeout and delivery are convenient, but they can quickly burn a hole in your wallet. Enter EveryPlate, America's best value meal kit. As the easiest way to eat affordably, EveryPlate offers delicious dinners that won't break the bank. Plus, we have a discount for you that we will get to in a minute. At first, I was skeptical, thinking meal kits might be expensive, but now I'm convinced you can get the same deliciousness at a much lower price. Not much of a cook? Not a problem. Every plate recipes come together in just six simple steps and are done in just about 30 minutes or less. You'll learn how to make a ton of different recipes, practice cooking techniques, and save money all at the same time. I myself am the primary cook at our home, and cooking for my wife and son on a daily basis, I love to integrate recipes of my own with every plate on those busy weeknights. Try every plate for just $1.79 per meal by going to everyplate.com and entering code TURNBUCKLES179. That's $1.79 per meal by going to everyplate.com and entering code TURNBUCKLES179. Ali, Theory, Ms. Veer, Mysterios. Yeah, it wasn't on our run run sheet before, and we loved this. This is great. It also wasn't in the Hulu version. A way to bury me, Tom, for the (laughs) unbelievable... I just well, I just we knew we were going to talk about something up front for a long time yeah. that had nothing to do with shows, so some things had to fall out. But the uh, so theory's trying to get expect the unexpected over. I like funny beer when when theory asked for him to pose for. A, I, I kind of liked his his uh, little his little smile and his willingness to do the selfie. I liked that. So well, I, posting- I watch Raw late because I'm on the West Coast, and I saw the selfie before I watched Raw. And I marked out like crazy for that selfie. That's first of all, that's one of Theory's best, and they're all good. I don't know how he gets a good shot every single time. <laughs> I but like that the Veer smiling the for the camera was hysterical. Yeah, that was what a great that! Look up Austin Theory on Instagram and look mm-hmm. up that that selfie. It, it it should go in the Smithsonian. Another it's person is popular with the kids. The the demo I will add from uh, Inside Night. I have a lot of students that follow Austin Theory, big fans, and. Uh, um, and I just like the Miz getting in there too. Oh, like yeah. I think when the Miz has his Hall of Fame, I think that that's got to be a moment to me. Nothing says Miz like that was a classic Miz moment of of like <laughs> of like like well oh there's the Miz again like he's just it's part so of good, everything. Isn't he'll do he'll with do his annoying flood referee pants. Yeah, God, I love it. he'll just be he was <laughs> so good at that. loafers. It was fun, and then it, it finishes. And I've said this before, but we got Ray and Dominic Mysterio running in on Veer. So we got the father-son, shirtless father-son going after the baseball guy. Shout out to Tom uh, Gamboa, that first base coach for the White Sox or the Royals, whoever it was. Royals, I think. Who, but that's what, that's what I think of. Well, so and guys, I, I remain all in on Veer. I, I, I loved what he did. He, he sold. Here. He took some offense. He stayed on his feet a couple times for a big man getting thrown out of the ring, which was really agile. And he was hilarious in that selfie. I, re- I love Veer every week. Every week he gets better. I was dis- there was so last week I buried Hartford. This week I'm going to be a little kinder to Roanoke, uh, Virginia. They Sold were out. a little better. Sold but out raw. They, they I, and I think this is just in general. You know the wrestling hotbeds: Chicago, Los Angeles, Boston, New York. They're always going to be a little louder the for Oscars. everybody. <laughs> yeah, but they're they're, they're these crowds have to start acknowledging that people who weren't wrestling. 15, 20 years ago are on the card and Veer's a sure. guy that there's no reason he shouldn't be over by now. And it's just, the crowds are like, 
Yeah, give me Randy Orton. And we all love Orton, but that's not the reason to stop cheering when he's not on screen. Like, there are new superstars that need to get over. And I think, it, like, Theory's doing, he's doing a masterclass in how yeah. to do that. Oh, but I, I, goatee, I, Veer's dude, a guy that should be over already. Shave in, it. In 20 Somebody years, they do a documentary. Didn't he? I thought he, what, didn't he fix it? No, I thought, I, thought, he, I thought he did too. The selfie, it looks like it's not there, but in watching Raw, it's still there. Someone needs to shave it. It's okay. okay. Anyway, speaking of shave and haircuts, we got the Judgment Day Hell's again, guys. cutting a promo. The chair's back. Edge got the Undertaker's chair back. He was all done with having his barbecue, and he said, you can hear, you can have it again. But gotta, I need it again in two weeks because I'm going to horse race. Um, so uh, he's got a big chair. And uh, it's um, so it's Edge, it's uh, Damian Priest, and of course who's Rhea making Ripley. all rise a thing. By the way, shout out to Damian Priest for recognizing that that's that's a catchphrase. That's over. Oh, well, that's going to work pretty well for one of our sponsors coming up pretty soon. I'm very nice. excited about. That's how <laughs> I knew we made it as a wrestling podcast. And I got a story, but that's not for today. But uh, who do we think? Real quick, who do we think they talking about? They're talking about adding new members. We also had the, as we build them, the judgment free zone. Cause we're trying to get yes. some of that sweet, sweet planet fitness money. That's right. Mis- That's Cause we right. know Mr. McMahon, he'll, he'd like a planet fitness. Right. God damn. Well, every- we got, got pizza on Monday. Got bagels on Tuesday. Planet well, every t- every time I see Finn Balor, I remember how many crunches I haven't done. Yes. Um, so <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> ever since Julie made that remark about our truth, uh, and how good he looks without a shirt wearing a sports coat. I got to be honest, I'm very self-conscious having my camera on during our podcast. And this will never be you both a are camera lovely. podcast because I of like that. looking at both of you. You both are, are two lovely gentlemen. I'm wearing four shirts. Like Joey that sounds Friends like unnecessary right kindness. Um, so, but anyway, who do we think the new <laughs> members are? Because they teased seemed like uh, maybe Liv Morgan was going to get in there, but no, she's with the, the, the planet fitness Plan- crew planet fitness. She's with AJ styles and, uh, AJ and Finn. I don't know why they felt the need to. Was this a commercial break thing? Why they felt the need to like like think that Liv wouldn't join them? I was just like, just felt very written on the fly. Like I don't, I don't just have her join them. Like it seems so obvious, but I don't know if it was a commercial break. Like maybe Liv will come back, and it was just like instead of a walk, let's do this. Which I mean, I get. Like that's fine. It was just like well, I mean, they they have they have Sasha and Naomi. I guess if they need him now, but that's gonna feel weird, and then. But it seemed like it was going to be Liv. I thought what was going to happen was AJ was going to get screwed. I thought it was going to be Liv and gonna go Finn both joining based on how they were behaving. And AJ gets laid out. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Okay. By the well, way, Liv did do. a nice little job as the manager in that match. I, I, I love watching a wrestler who usually isn't because that's a whole different job. Yeah, like people forget there were there were literally touring managers that that was their job for many yep. many years. It's very it, it's you don't see it as much now. But when a wrestler has to step into that role, there's a lot of stuff you have to do at ringside to make to get the fans into the match and to to get your you know your your teammates uh, psyched up. There's a lot of there's a lot of like posturing outside the ring that you have to do instead of just standing there. And for those who uh, don't know, uh, but Brother Love was the original manager of The Undertaker. Brother Love, aka Bruce Pritchard, but Brother Love was also a behind-the-scenes writer and producer, and that's how we got Paul Bear. So, a little bit of trivia for anyone out there who doesn't know that. But uh, I always wondered that as a kid and learned from listening to the other pods. But yeah, it's a matter of travel and commitment. It takes a lot to do. So, are you uh, both we'll digging s- the Judgment Day? By the way, there was the, I'm noticing they're using fan frustration as a calling to the cult, which I really like. 
and I like the Godfather imagery. What are you guys thinking? Because it feels like these segments are, are a lot quicker. They're a lot tighter. It's going a lot better. Um, I like the Judgment Day. Um, I think we're getting there, but I just don't know what, what the end game is, but that's why you watch. I don't uh, Oh, and Ju- love- Julie, I wanted to ask you, uh, before the Judgment Day cut their promo, uh, what do you think of, uh, because you're our social media expert, yes, what you. do you think of WWE's top 10 Instagrams? They did that right before they went to the Judgment Day promo. It feels very 2010. That's something that, like, <laughs> that's something that a TV show would do, you know, when social media was when they just got an Instagram thing. Um, it's not, I mean, it's not bad. It, the reason why I do like it is that it gives a shout out to the superstars and you should follow them on their handles. I, I, I always think that's like a really good thing. Hey, look at this content. Right. And it gives some shine to some lesser superstars as yeah. well, by the way, people yeah. who aren't I getting think TV time, people on NXT. Yeah. I'm yeah. surprised it's not sponsored. That's the one thing I well, am surprised about with WWE. Well, let's skip around a little bit real quick since we're talking about sponsoring and getting the word out. What did you think of the countdown to Cody? Was that sponsored? <laughs> it was just a constant clock throughout <laughs> the show. Like what like how long we have until the State of the Union or something <laughs> that when Cody was gonna show up. And I think that's a, a television ratings uh you know it's a nice thing to try to get people it. to come back and watch. It, it reminds me of too. Sports Center, you know, when it's like here are the topics. Yeah, I, I don't when think Nick it's a bad doing thing. Firefly with Bray, they used to they they used to make sure that they'd had it ready in time, so then they knew when they could tease it. Yeah, and I don't think it's a bad. I mean, thing. Cre- credit to WWE for knowing how over Cody is yeah, and leaning in. Yeah, and they made the investment, and they're allowing the product to sell itself. That's that's actually one of AEW's problems. So where Cody came from. One of their problems is they're financially investing in talent coming over without committing to them on the program with character development or time on the show. Mm-hmm. And that's why everybody that goes over there gets lost in the shuffle because AEW will shell out the money and then they'll give you a match. And that's not enough. You can't get characters over with just matches. And that's one thing that they've recognized with Cody is like Cody came in and his response has been great, but they have they have definitely cultivated that they've farmed it and it's working for them. And I, I like the con- the countdown. I mean, they've definitely done the research to put it there because I if they feel Cody's a, a big a star on the program. That's why they're doing it. I can't believe I'm going for this, but my countdown I want would be for Ezekiel. This has become my favorite <laughs> thing on the show. And here's why I love it is that I love the it's gaslighting. That is the premise they're using here. Kevin Owens is being gaslit by everybody in WWE and they're not doing it like they're doing it organically. And so I loved last night that after KO got up from commentary, Corey Graves said, I don't think that's really Elias either. I was just trying to say, I think Kevin Owens is just crazy. I didn't want to get into a fight with him. And I thought that was great. And I like, it takes me again. It takes me back to my youth where you, you can it's like a Bobby Heenan thing. It's something they would have done to Bobby Heenan where Bobby Heenan would be like, I'm going to tell you right now, that is definitely Elias. I can prove it. And he would have been the guy. And then, you know, he'd walk Gorilla away. Gorilla would talk. come in. Heenan, you don't understand. That is yeah, Elias. Yeah, and then would have been like, I, I think Bobby Heenan's lost ago. his brain. As a kid, you'd be like, no, you're all yelling at the magician. No, the bullet's over there. But like, <laughs> it's just so fun. So it, it just keeps going. Uh, I'll ask you real quick. Uh, but there, But Kevin Owens now, as a character in this story, is like, am I losing my mind? Like, everyone must know this is a lot. Give me your, what is your real life theory that not Austin, but your, your real life, um, 
premise that you believe in as a conspiracy that's just a dumb pop cultural thing give i want you to i got i got one but i want to hear from you guys first what's the what's your ko ezekiel is elias theory that no one will agree with you on that you're just like ah mine's definitely going to be controversial uh i was because I, again i'm the king of bad jobs i have worked every shit job on the planet um i used to work in sports apparel in the 90s and during the 90s, who was the biggest team? The Chicago Bulls. They yeah. won all the championships. I know Six. how much money that made everyone, not just in the Chicago market, but all over the country and all over the world. Michael Jordan was a multi-billion dollar brand by himself, and he definitely got some help winning those championships. Not saying he didn't have the talent to win those championships, but he got what? every break possible. So he was the Giannis every, of his day. What? I mean, Tommy, yep. that is a hot every, take. That is no, a hot would, controversial take. He would have won take. championships without the help, which makes it all the more mad. By the was way, love, for I love Scottie Pippen. Scottie Pippen, one of my all-time favorite players, but I never liked MJ. Wow. And, and maybe it's just because I couldn't. I just, Are you saying maybe cheating? Like, got the help they cheated? The refs there was some, there was some definite, well, I mean, well, we know the refs were mobbed up in the nineties too. That's like, oh that's, God. that's legitimate. I mean, that, yeah, that's that been reported on. So I don't give you mine real quick. Uh, Bruce Springsteen doesn't really sing hungry heart. That's not really him. Someone else came in and did the vocal. Have you ever heard Bruce Springsteen go home and listen to hungry heart? Then listen to literally any other Bruce Springsteen song and tell me that you've ever heard him use that voice. Cause Bruce Springsteen's down. He's down here. Uh, and then it's got a wife and kids in Baltimore. Jackie's Ray Romano all of a sudden. Is it John Cougar Mellencamp singing it? I don't know who it is, but uh, maybe it's the same guy that's saying uh, Dream On for Steven Tyler. Might be the same guy. Oh, but, that's de- that is definitely not Steven Tyler. But all I'm saying is I've seen Bruce Springsteen. He didn't do Hungry Heart. And everyone I know that's ever seen him, if you look it up on YouTube, he does this thing where he has the audience sing it. And he goes, come on. And then they do all the parts. He goes, come on. I've never heard Bruce Springsteen in that voice actually sing Hungry Heart. And I'm telling you, you would, other than it sounding like the E Street Band, would you ever think it's Bruce Springsteen? Can you imagine if it was some like unknown artist that they yeah. accidentally slipped the track on a Springsteen album and they're just like, okay, well, it's his or now. Sorry. <laughs> guy that does, guy that was dubbing in songs in the 70s and 80s. As much as I love theory. talking about conspiracy theater, theories, John, I know you have a really good segment at the end that I want to get to so desperately. So let's talk about Oscar okay. versus Becky. Oscar and Becky. Let's yes. get to our finish. Oscar and Becky. Uh, again, I'm going to throw it to uh, the finish. So to sum up, Oscar's got the green mist and uh, sp- sprays it, spews it. If you're going to spew, spew it into Becky. Shout out to uh, Dana. Uh, spews it at uh, Becky Lynch. and but Dana Carvey, I, by the way, not Dana Brooke. Yes, but <laughs> very important. Uh, the uh, the or our truth would call him Dana Carvey's. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I will say that uh, here's my issue with this, though, is that <laughs> I'm sorry, but we've seen all sorts of dusty finishes, meaning the, the call being reversed at the end. How come? How come over and over? And I love Oscar, but the ref counts three and then consoles the opponent. Who's covered in green, like the like they were just at a Nickelodeon award show, and they just go, "Oh well, too bad you lost." That's my issue oh, with it. The mist is over, the crowd loves it. So, but the mist is get, now gotta, a baby face move. My one thing, my plea, because if anyone's listening, just get the ref out of there, or have the ref be 
get knocked out, have the ref take up, have something happen. So that the ref's not there on camera handing it, you know, a towel or checking on the, the person who just, who they just got screwed by. It's like what you would reverse the call. I, I love the mist and I liken it to one of my all time favorites, Eddie Guerrero. When Guerrero would cheat to win, when he was a baby face, he was never more over. I mean, he would pretend that the other wrestler hit him with the championship belt and then he would lay down flat like Bugs Bunny and the referee would turn around and think that the other wrestler hit him with that belt. Yeah. It, I mean, it, people love that stuff. So also, the mist though, is over. It, it's, it's a baby face. Also, move. couldn't okay. you say the mist is more like Bianca Belair's hair? Maybe. Like Bianca yeah. Belair's hair can be used as a weapon because from what I understand with Oscar, the miss <sighs> needs to be summoned. Like it, it's a, it's a, you can't do it on command. It's just like, it's there in her. She has this superpower. Wait, are you that saying she has like an accommodation letter that this is a, con- maybe she does that. This is a condition <laughs> that like, sometimes I look, I don't she have can't control. help the green mist. It just I happens. really bad acid reflux oh that yeah, does go in oh, and be like no. i have asco oh, reflux gross. and there's just that whatever really, really the explanation upset. she has acid mask. reflux anyway if you guys want to see the oscar reflux tune, tune in the monday night raw <laughs> mondays at eight on the usa network hey see if anyone else has any miss that shows up smackdown friday nights friday night smackdown at eight on fox and we talked at the beginning about sasha banks and naomi maybe walking out and whenever someone walks out, there's always rumors out there that maybe they might go take their game somewhere else. And uh, the somewhere else right now is AEW. But the thing is, when you go to AEW or when an AEW star leaves AEW and comes to WWE, you got to pick a new name. And that's where things get a little hairy sometimes. You don't always get the, the cool name. So an interesting thing is I have a five-year-old daughter. And she, when she plays with her toys, she is uncanny at immediately giving them a very human sounding name. I've never seen someone who can just come up with names quicker than this. She'd be an asset to the boardroom far more than I at WWE. So I decided I'd sit her down and we play a little game. I showed her a bunch of pictures of AEW stars, some of whom have been rumored to be departing uh, AEW to come over to WWE. And this is a segment called Sadie Names Them. All right, Sadie, that's Adam Hangman Page. But what name would you give him? Um, bike. Bike? So that's Bike. This is Brian Cage. What would his name be? What would his new name be? No, him, him second name it. What's his second name? Him second name it. Um, Ridley. Ridley? Mm-hmm. What's his first name? Ryan Wesley Ridley? Uh-huh. Okay, that's Ryan Wesley Ridley. Uh-huh. Oh, what's that one? This one right here? No, we're not talking about it. Oh, you're pointing at Dan Housen. Oh. What would you rename him? What would his name be? Him name is... Maybe... So car is it? What is it? So car is it? So car is it? So car is it? So car is it? Yeah. Sir Carr is it? Uh-huh. What a sir! That actually sounds like something Dan Hazard would say. Sir Sir Carr is it? So he's he's like a royal person. Uh-huh. He's a jester. Oh. Is that who he'd be? Uh-huh. That makes sense. Vince would do that. Uh, this is Colt Cabana. Colt Cabana is name it. 
Shauna Pine. Shauna Pine. Uh-huh. Wow, that's some repar- repackaging and right there. Now this, now this guy. Oh, the, oh, I mean this guy. This guy right here is Darby Allen. And Darby Allen. Wesley John. <laughs> Wesley Johns. Wesley Johns. <laughs> He'll be a plumber. We'll name him John. Well, what, would call, Luch, what would Luchasaurus be? Um, I call him Sean Wanton. Sean Wanton? Uh-huh. So that's Sean Wanton uh-huh. is, is Luchasaurus. Uh-huh. I'd say it's about equal. What is that guy? Well, this is Luther. What would his name be? Sean Maker. Shauna Maker? Uh-huh. We have a lot of Shaunas, I notice. Can't have too many Shaunas, so somebody just got future endeavor. Here we go. Here we, this is MJ, this is MJF. What would his name be? N O P J F Wyman. N O P J F Reinman. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I have, a, I have a feeling they'd be having him do some embarrassing things. So. <laughs> Well, there you have it, guys. Bike, the grass is always greener. <laughs> Maybe stay where you are, everybody. If you walked out, walk back, because that's what, that's what you're up against. Any of those fly with you guys? I loved bike. Oh, bike. bike. Yeah, Absolutely. bike's the best. <laughs> Coming in hot I mean, I with get, bike. Hangman is now bike. I love well, that. Can, I, could, I could picture Vince in a meeting. He's going, Adam Page? Who the fuck is named Adam Page? Is it? First four, his first book? name is four letters. The last name's four letters. Sounds made up. I like bike. <laughs> bike. Think about it. I like bike. T-shirts. Uh, we got, we got, you get a, the, the bike is a, uh, uh, you can be paper he boy. Can, you can make him a paper boy. There you go. And he's, he's a, a dual he's, personality and he turns into a car. You know, you know what was my first car? A bike. <laughs> you picture WrestleMania next year. You got Sean Wonton versus Bike. <laughs> I will say I see Sadie as the future mm. for female How do you deliver wrestlers on a bike. You see her as a wrestler. Oh yeah, oh yeah, John. You've posted a few a few yeah. videos on on Instagram. Sadie is fearless when it comes to her ability to fly through the air. Yeah, she was setting off rockets this weekend. So we'll see. But hey, speaking of which, uh, AEW, if you want to check them out, AEW Dynamite airs Wednesdays at 8 on TBS and AEW Rampage Fridays at 10 on TNT. Check your uh, local schedules. Make sure there's not a basketball game in the way. Hey, thank you for listening to Turnbuckles. You should subscribe and give us five stars and maybe a nice review. Just give us five stars. Come on. I would love it. And tell tell your friends about us. Come on. Why is it hard to give us five stars? Yeah, five stars. Follow us, turn turnbuckles pod on Insta. Email us, turnbuckles at gmail.com. And for God's sakes, let the writers dress like writers. See ya, bikeleheads. heads. Seeking the truth never gets old. 
Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.